This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. When I was younger, I wanted to know, where did that come from? How did it get there? The only way to find out is through the wormhole. Hello everyone, welcome back to Through the Ultra Wormhole. I'm Jared. And I'm Madison. And we're going to go back and take a deeper look into non-local and non-native species in Pokemon. <gasps> well, I know, going back doing the same thing we do every time. But Gee, we're Brian, not going to do tonight. Hawaii. I said, well, we're not going to be in Hawaii, judging by that accent. We're going to be going to... Honestly, probably one of my favorite regions to talk about the only Latin name I can remember from wildlife management anymore. It's been a long time. We'll just go, we're just going to go with that. It's been a while. And we're going to talk about Volpe's Volpe's or the Red Fox. <gasps> Wait, are you saying that Volpix is a problem somewhere in the world? Eh, probably. Well, maybe uh... not Volpix in particular, but there is a certain fox type Pokemon that we have in these games that is a particular problem in one part of the world. And it's really funny that we're we're double uh doubling up on foxes here this week. Uh since you know Lila's lessons uh was also about foxes and all the foxes. I'm not sure how we fit this into the October theme of spooky, but foxes. I and Lila had no idea what you were doing and it was between this and bats and Foxes won. So all They the are cooler. I do love bats, don't get me wrong, but I do I have a shiny crow bat sitting that's been that is waiting to go into a game that I can be used in. Um <laughs> But uh I do love I do love my foxes some more. Though this particular fox, though, the red fox, we of course have here in America. Uh they're found in Europe. They're found all over the world. Except for they are pro uh, they are a conflict in one particular part of the world, which is good old island, our good old continent friend, good old Australia. Unfortunately, because I love them, I love red. Fo I'm gonna get us out there. I love red foxes. We've got um, a bunch that live throughout our neighborhood. I see them all the yeah. time, and they're fantastic. They take care of my squirrels and my rabbits, and so they don't eat our garden, which is fantastic. They just can't get rid of the deer. But what else? Yeah, is new we have them out here too. Yeah. Yep. Well, but I think this goes to a a trend here that we've been discussing of species being introduced when they were not needed to be introduced. Yep. And that's that's a lot of just non-local non-native species in general that become conflicts. Is it is it's we as humans introduce them somewhere. For this case, it was the British. If, History, little less history lesson. Ooh, I can British, do this one. Course. You can? You I can. Do this? I, I do. So uh, bear with me. Go back. Uh, was this like late 1800s, right? 1845. Never mind. Mid 1800s. <laughs> While the U.S. is preparing for a civil war and all the great things, uh, trains finally starting to exist. <laughs> uh, there is a... A really important thing to the British who are, are you know, colonizing is the nicest way I can say what happened in Australia. Absolute nicest way I can say that. Um, they 
they really loved the fox hunt. And this obsession with associating the fox hunt with some sort of class culture and this need to feel uh, essentially, you know, this need to feel superior and hierarchical, uh, which is the fox hunt, <laughs> led to the idea of, well, let's bring them to Australia so that we can do the fox hunt. Uh, and it wasn't to deal with pests. It wasn't to be livestock. It wasn't for any actual reason that improved the daily lives of the colonizers or for any reason that was to, you know, deal with the environment. It was, hey, let's bring these things so that I can then shoot them. Yep. Let me get on a horse and shoot them. And so they brought them over. And uh, the issue is that there is nothing that uh, is really a predator to these foxes. And they, there's some, I think we're at the point where it's like seven or eight million estimation. It's 7.5, yeah, uh, 7.2 million foxes in Okay, so Australia. a little bit lower than, than what I had read, but yeah, a lot. Yeah. So they're, and they're widespread. Yeah, they're all, they're introduced in Victoria. And then they have now moved their whole way across all of Australia. Yeah, and the only the, safe houses are like the islands and the you know anything that's cut off from the mainland. Yeah, uh, there are areas where they have special fencing to keep foxes out, but again, expensive, tedious, and impractical on a small on a large scale. Yeah. So, yep, yay! So, and just why are they a conflict species? So, big issues is. We'll go, there's two different places that approach any conflict with uh, non-local species. Ecological issues, and then humanocentric, our issues with them. Uh, ecologically, as you already kind of mentioned, uh, they have no real predator, predator that can go after them. Except for, they have found that foxes do avoid areas where there's dingoes. But there also aren't a lot of dingoes in Australia in general anyways. So that doesn't really help too much but they well, are and also because the dingoes were also hunted yeah. and, and decimated because yeah. of european or english uh, colonizers wanting land for sheep and them getting angry that dingoes were then eating the sheep i mean think of the the great dingo fence right yeah. that, that large massive <laughs> attempt to keep dingoes out that like spans hundreds and hundreds of miles and what do you know wasn't wasn't as effective as well i say well then think about it if, well for you and i think about it's predator control for agricultural livestock situations we're both these coasters we have no mountain lions on the east coast anymore because they were hunted to extinction because they of course eat sheep and livestock so that's why you don't find them on the east coast anymore because of those issues it was the same the same thing with dingoes but with foxes they are indiscriminate predators they will eat any prey species and the big thing is all those prey species a lot of them don't have never had to live with an apex predator before ground dwelling birds your wallabies your uh different species along those lines they've never had a real predator before and now they do they already some of those species already are endangered and now they have a predator that's going after them themselves the desert rat can kangaroo is a species of rat kangaroo 
and rat kangaroos are found all across Australia, but they, a lot of them are losing numbers or like the desert rat, they don't exist anymore. They've gone extinct because foxes played a huge role in eliminating them and eating them for their prey. So a lot of the issues that foxes are causing is they're depleting a lot of prey species that are found in Australia because there's, but I'm not used to a hunter. So unless, yeah, unless there's fox, unless they're on islands, then they're safe because the foxes can't get to them. And then for us as humans, well, as we've already kind of hit at, they go after livestock poultry. You see that here in America. You see that in a lot of other places. They attack. They love uh, chicken. What is it? The um, the movie Barnyard. It's an old Nickelodeon movie. It's not they a have Nickelodeon, the... is it? Oh, Barnyard. It, it, I thought... Barnyard. My, my head went chicken run. Oh, God. I think Barnyard, I think it was... They were coyotes. They weren't foxes. But it was along the same kind of premise of... They would go after chickens. That's why you see a lot of, like... Chicken uh, pens, uh, not pen. Well, pens have like fences around them, everything to keep the foxes from trying to get in there. True story. Uh, barnyard, uh, whether it is accidental or purposeful, uh, is is transcoded. Oh, I did not know that. Well, the main character, the cow, is a male, right? Is it wasn't it yeah. voiced by like Kevin James? I think so. And, I know, I know, uh, I know. Yet, his dad is Sam Elliott. Yet he has udders. Oh. I didn't, well, never noticed that, so. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Huh. hmm, interesting. Or just, or just bad designers who don't understand animals. <laughs> yeah, or just don't understand animal biology whatsoever, um, <laughs> which is uh, normal for a lot of animated movies. But <gasps> I mean, digress. You mean female wolf's eyes are actually not that, that far apart, or <laughs> the male's, male wolf eyes aren't super tiny, and they don't have yeah. gigantic noses? No way. No, no way. So how they're trying to con- so control of uh, foxes in Australia is really interesting. Is I had a talk. Oh, God, I was at the Smithsonian at the time. So this would have been a couple years ago. They are actually trying to figure out solutions because they're, they're talking about the fox program. They had actually come up with, like, of course, they can use poison. You can hunt them. Uh, you can, of course, try to build fences around your property to keep them out. Um, <laughs> Which is insane thinking that australia already has the dingo fence and i did look it up it is over three thousand mile long <laughs> well and, have... and those are short-term solutions because like the dingo yeah. fence has had all sorts of negative environmental impact including the way it, it has created imbalances with with uh grazing species living inside the fence regions and cre- created unnecessary competition which then causes other conflict it's it's almost like nature and an ecology and ecosystem balance takes a long time for it to naturally balance out, and when we get involved, things kind of get screwed up. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean you mean walls don't actually work to do things the way that you want them to? Well, I, and I know that's a big thing right now in the U.S. that is being yeah. talked about with with the border wall because you know, there is a lot of environmental impacts that go into that where, and I'm not trying to be political. I mean, this isn't me picking a side on a topic. This is me saying, scientifically, there are impacts to biodiversity, as well as animals' abilities to migrate, animals' abilities to feed and reproduce, animals' abilities to get to resources. So it, it, it does have just, impact. Yeah, say a land is you have the soil erosion that goes with all of it. Just, yeah, the impact of migration, because, like, we can get jaguars in, on, in America, technically. They can migrate up and down. 
but we don't see them very often in Texas because they can't migrate as well. But with that, but like they are talking about like a laser system to like identify it was by size to shoot like darts full of poison to shoot the foxes. But the issue is foxes are the same size as dog. And that's why they're like, we can't make it work because you can't, it's indiscriminate. I mean, we can't even make self-driving cars that recognize people of color yet. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, 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 like for yeah. us to act like this is a solution is kind of weird. But a lot of it, like their solutions now have just been the normal solutions for predator control, which is hunting. But we've kind of seen this with coyotes and other species here in America that when you start hunting predators, they evolve and start to adapt that you have, it actually makes things worse than it does. Ooh, I have a hand. Right. I have a hand. Okay, so... I actually did do research and did my homework this time. Uh, All right. And I I know that oh, um, Australia's hunting programs, uh, per the Australian government reviews, were found to be completely ineffective. Yep. <laughs> um, and actually, because they're... So it's different than when we're talking about uh, like what happened with the gray wolves or the red wolves. Totally mm. different. Because yeah. foxes are smaller, because they are a harder target... And because of how quickly they reproduce yep. and how quickly they mature, it it's it's a hard issue to target with like just, you know, having hunters take out one fox at a yep. time. And it essentially was a huge waste of money and yep. did not actually make a dent at all. Uh, and in fact, the problem grew even worse uh, that they were trying to manage populations, but instead it bubbled. Because it didn't actually solve anything. So it actually has me thinking because uh, here where we live, and I know some people have figured out where we live, where we live in Ohio, there is a ballot measure being voted on uh, that I need to go take. I need to go vote on this weekend, probably when I go vote to be allowed to hunt deer in city limits. And and I will admit the, uh, so Lila's what? Lila's 10. So I've been here over a decade, I guess. So in that time, you know, deer populations have definitely noticeably grown. But again, like I think back to these other issues, like, is it really gonna like <laughs> how many hundred it like it's it's a large enough city where I live that like what are they going in people's backyard? Like how much of an impact is it really gonna Are make? they really having? Yeah. And is the risk of injuring people when you live in a suburb? Because again, I don't live it like ten minutes from me is country, but I'm I'm in a suburb. So yep. You know, like hunting in a suburb is very, very different, different than yeah. hunting hunting when your nearest neighbor's a half mile away, like well, my ex wife had. So, you know, I can see my neighbors out my window and wave to them. Yeah. So it, it, it's almost like to me, like I keep thinking back to this. Well, is this even like a viable solution? And no, like, no, with like the whole hunting, just I know, especially with like predator control for hunt, like hunting, because we did it here in America for coyotes as well. And they found that. I was doing research on it because I had to do it as a project when I was uh, an undergrad that they had found that the coyotes adapted over time from all the hunting pressure to have bigger litter sizes and their maturity happened a little bit quicker so they could reproduce faster to, to deal with all the hunting pressure. So it actually caused more issues by applying that pressure. And that's the same thing that they could have with foxes. It's, yeah, the hunting program, hunting, going after and trying to shoot something like that is not going to do what they think it's going to. Actually, so it is an issue of going back to the drawing board. Well, they you said could... the best one they have right now is uh, the poisoning, uh, where yeah. they are putting certain types of poison into 
uh, yeah. and laying traps for them. And, you know, again, like it's a complex problem. It, yeah. it There's no real good, easy solution, especially because no. of how complicated this entire situation is. As we said, you no. know, add the dingo fence into the mix and it's just such a complex problem that it, I don't I don't know how it's going to be managed. And no. poor, poor Nicket, poor Nicket should get all the blame. So let's talk about Pokemon and why we're talking about foxes. Yeah, and why we're that. talking about them. Because, <laughs> okay. hey, you brought it up. We're talking about Nicket. Nicket and Thievel. Or Thievel. Thievel. Yeah, I think it's Thievel. I'm pretty sure Thievel. Thievel. I yeah. don't. Because it's Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Oh man! <laughs> so they, of course, were introducing Gen Eight. Gen Eight is in Galar. Galar is, of course, the, the Pokemon. UK. Is the UK? Um, it's been talked about previously on this show, and just general knowledge when they're talking about it. So, Swordbert and Shieldbert do a a Nicket and Thievil hunt. Probably they they'd be they'd be the type of guys to do that on their what is it? Aren't they on like an apology tour or something? They're probably out with some boltons go- going around while they're going apologizing to all the citizens, uh, dealing with that. I forgot about those two. It's been a while since I've touched those games. Anywho, sorry to interrupt you. But yes, um, they of course are both based on red foxes, and actually their shinies um, are the melanistic versions of red foxes, which are, they're like a silver black color, so they're called silver foxes or black foxes, um, which matches, and... Uh, Thievel is a British red fox, and of course, you see that kind of relationship with the fox and the hound with Bolton, because Bolton is an English foxhound, and they are based as, like, um, as uh, Thievel is scared of Bolton, which I think is, like, really cool to allude to that whole British uh, fox hunt that they love so much. But no, we can just, honestly, we'll just blame the people from, uh... That means I really hope if Pokemon ever decides to make a uh, Australian oh, version of it's Pokemon, next. it's next. They better they better have um, Thievil and uh, Nicket and Thievil better be in that game. Come well, on now, I'd love that. And then they can be terrified of the Dingo Pokemon. It's next. It's coming. They need them, but that's more kind of like what gone. I wonder if there's something with that. Thinking about Vulpix and in Alola too. Back to Hawaii. Yeah, with them being introduced <laughs> the over entire, there in Hawaii. The entire, well, the entire series is about Hawaii. About Hawaii, going back into Hawaii. The cool thing is, like, red foxes are native here to America. Well, to the, uh, yeah. To, to the U.S., yeah. yes, to the U.S., to Hawaii, no. Um, just, just a thought. I don't know. I, But yeah, it would be interesting to see tie-ins. Nope. Hawaii is the only state in the United States that does not have red foxes. Look at that. You got, you had, you had one job. One job. I still want to. It's still probably in my top five favorite Pokemon of all time. So it's allowed. Okay. I love. I love. I love Alolan Vulpix. Disrupting the ecosystems allowed because Jared likes it. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on, on that note. So yeah, just fox. What, foxes what are. Do? What can we do? Yeah. In America, it's more just kind of a historical lesson to remember. Like, if we ever have the ability to, like introduce species or stuff like that which hopefully we never want to introduce species in air it's just to think about like the consequences of what could happen when you introduce the things where they're not supposed to be that's more like management problems yeah yeah hint hint my town don't vote for it it's not going to be effective and someone could get hurt please don't do it yeah that just kind of terrifies me 
just it, it, it scares the crap out of me. We well, have, we have like, seven I, elementary schools in this suburb where we live. Like, there's a bunch, so like, there's a lot of kids. Well, I knew like just like for deer population, just in general. I knew in Virginia, it was in Fairfax, Virginia. They had a a local group of bow hunters that would hunt in the city, but they'd hunt at night with police there with them. But they were like had to be permitted, but they could only use bows, not use anything no, else. That's that's different than what we're discussing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which population management? It's just thinking when we're going through like population control of species is thinking: does that method actually work? Um, is it actually going to make things the worse? And following the science, pretty much it all boils down to: please just follow the science. It's a lot easier to do. And do not introduce a species that you just want to go hunt in your own backyard, please and thank you. Um, where's Pablo Escobar? Jared is telling or, me not to put sharks out here. No sharks, please. Or hippos. I love sharks. Shark. I do too. I love them. They're fantastic. just want to cuddle them. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. I was like, some sharks, yes. But on that note, thank you all for listening. And then tune in next time. We are going to finish up talking about Hawaii on the next episode and just kind of bring it all together and just time to talk about invasives in general of on Hawaii and a little bit of island talk. Fun time. Thanks, y'all.